0: Welcome back to the Failing Forward podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you one of my bestest best friends on Clubhouse, a fellow breakfast with champion and incredible human being, Miss Michelle McLean. She has an incredible story to tell you guys about how she's failed forward in so many different aspects of her life through mental health, through weight loss, through being down at the bottom and having to pull herself back up and becoming a badass in business. So really, really excited to have you on the podcast, Michelle. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly, it's an honor to be here with beautiful
1: you. This is so exciting. So thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you.
0: You're so welcome. This is going to be a really, really fun episode. I know the listeners are going to gain so much from it because let's be honest, a lot of us women, are struggling, especially now, you know, post pandemic with some body image issues, right? Like we, some of us have kind of lost our routines. If you were working out before, you might not be working out currently, or maybe you're someone that just really doesn't like to work out, really doesn't like fitness. And we just kind of reach for our comfort foods to help us with our emotional, mental things that we're dealing with in life. And it gets hard sometimes when we look in the mirror, we're just not happy about the person that's looking back at us. And we feel like we can't change that. We feel like we don't have control over the situation. And you are a living testament of a real life success story of someone that has overcome loss, gone through grief, fallen all the way down to the bottom of the well, right? Like downward spiral galore and find yourself looking in the mirror saying, enough is enough. This is not who I am. This is not how I want to feel. This is not how I want to think. I know there's a better version of me and I need to make the change right now. So that's the story that I want the listeners to listen to. And I want to inspire women today. So you guys grab your notebook, grab your pen, because you're going to get some amazing information about how Michelle McLean, listen to this, lost 130 pounds in nine months. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that again. 130 pounds in nine months, hundred percent through just learning what foods you should be eating that are gonna help her lose weight naturally and holistically without all the gimmicks of supplements and fad diets and all that. And by finding a way to fall in love with fitness and working out and finding something that you truly enjoy. So Michelle, let's, let's go to that. One of my favorite things in your bio that you said is in the blink of an eye, everything you think you know about life can change. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, for, again, just thank you so much for having me here. I, I truly hope that my story, and, and I have this saying, um, every day I wake up and my goal in life is to change or inspire or to save just one life. I, that's literally everybody has their why right and um, you know don't get me wrong like my kids my family my career all of those things are important to me but when you go through what I went through your whole life changes and on November 16th of 2016 every single thing that I thought that I knew about life it all changed um, I went to bed about 10 o'clock at night and at two o'clock in the morning I woke up in the lifeless, cold arms of my husband. And it wasn't until a couple of days later that I found a suicide note. And when you go through something like that, so many emotions just go through your body. You you don't understand why you have so many questions. You think that your life is everything that it was cracked up to be, you know, and you have all of these future plans. And I was literally three months into launching my company when this happened. And um, it shook me. It shook me to my core. And for about a year after losing him, I spiraled. I mean, I just spiraled completely out of control. Um, I, was, I was literally drowning myself in a bottle or two of wine every single day, uh, failing to realize what it was doing to me, not only emotionally, but physically. And I got to the point um, where a year ago, it's, it's taken that long, I got to my heaviest that I'd ever been. I was 276 pounds. And I looked in the mirror one day and, and I remember saying to my mom, I was, I was there at the time. And I just remember breaking down in tears. And I looked at that number on that scale and I went, oh my gosh, how did this happen? How did this happen? And it was, and I'm, I said, I wasn't going to get emotional today, but you know, you look at that person in the mirror and you look at, at somebody who I, I have this following of people who They've always seen me as this like ray of light and somebody who's pushed through and someone who's overcome and someone who's built a business, but inside, regardless of what people saw me as on the outside, people saw the person who was inside. I saw the outside and I just remember breaking down in tears to my mom and saying, this isn't me. This is not me. Like the person on the inside needs to come out. And, um, I had seen, and I'd seen someone post on social media, someone that is, you know, my, my background is mainly automotive. I'm a brand strategist uh, now, but I spent all this time in automotive. And so somebody that was in automotive had made a post and, and said, Hey, I am going on this journey to lose weight. And it was a guy. So of course I'm like, Oh my goodness, they're this, they're not going to have any clue what it's like to be a woman, right? You know, you have the baby weight and then all the emotional stuff that goes with it. And uh, he posted that he was working with this trainer, and the guy was about as abrasive as you could get. My complete polar opposite, probably someone I never would have invested time or money into. Um, But my mom looked at me and she said, "Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need someone that's like not going to listen to your excuses and just tell you what you need to hear, not what you want." And so. I picked up the phone and I called this guy, um, he just broke down in tears. He said, I, I'm almost 300 pounds. I'm not happy. I don't even know where to start. I have a terrible relationship with food. I haven't been to a gym or worked out in years. I don't know where to start. And he said, you start by taking one step. And um, that's what I did. I literally like physically started with one step. The goal was to get me up to taking 10,000 steps a day. Um, and we laid out macros, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, for all intents and purposes, that's just basically a breakdown of your calories, your fats, your carbohydrates. Um, my lips, my lip gloss is getting in my uh, hair. Um, but you know, he broke it down and said, based off of, you know, what your goals are and what's healthy for your body type, this is what you need to do. And it was, you need to lose 50 pounds. And at that time, um, honestly, Niku, 50 pounds just seemed like a mountain to me. Like I, I'm like, there's no way, like I can't lose 50 pounds. I'll be lucky if I lose five. Like I had zero discipline and it got to the point, um, where every day it was just, okay, no matter how you feel, no matter what you don't feel like doing today, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I kept looking at pictures of my kids and I said, their mom's not going to be around their mom's not going to be around if i don't do something and every day i just looked at those pictures and i said okay god it's me and you today i don't feel like going i'm tired i don't want to eat this garbage um for 3 weeks straight literally you for 3 weeks straight the only thing that he was allowing me to eat was chicken and broccoli and it had nothing to do with the fact that like i couldn't i couldn't eat other foods but it was about i had no discipline i had no discipline. I didn't know how to meal prep. I didn't know how to count my own calories. I didn't know how to put a meal plan in place. I had zero discipline. And so he said to me, you want discipline. You are going to eat the same food every single day for three weeks. You need simple. Your life's too crazy. You're an entrepreneur. You don't have time. I am literally going to take out every excuse you are giving yourself. And I'm going to make it so stupid, simple that you cannot fail. And that's what I did for the first month. I literally could barely walk. I couldn't walk up my stairs without being out of breath. I could barely walk a quarter of a mile from my house to the stop sign and back without being winded and without feeling sick and without feeling headachey. And it was terrible. And I just remember thinking to myself in that moment, like, how did I get to this point? Like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm going to be 40 next month. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, some old human, I can't even walk a quarter of a mile without getting winded. And so my goal was every day, I was just going to walk a thousand steps further. And I was just going to walk a thousand steps further until I finally got to the point um, where after a month of of eating the same stuff every day, a month of just that I'm going to walk a thousand steps further. I finally got my butt up and I started going to the gym and I said, okay, now we're going to add in, we're going to add in the weights. And I'm like, once again. I can't do this. I have, I have a separated AC. I'm starting to make excuses for myself. Once again, I had had lost about 15 pounds, but I think when I started looking at the scale and and guys don't ever use your scale as a measure for success, it will, um, it will deter you in ways you cannot imagine. For that first month, I was on that scale every day. I became obsessed with that scale. I became so obsessed that I was weighing myself twice a day. And I finally got to the point where my trainer was like, listen, you've got to stop doing this. You need to weigh yourself once a week, average yourself out, and you need to start looking at how your clothes are fitting and how your energy levels are. And so when I did that, when I tossed out the scale and I tossed out the metrics and I just started doing the plan, period. I didn't focus on anything else. It became no longer, you have to lose the weight. It became, you have to do the, you just have to do the stuff. You have to do the things. Stop worrying about everything else. Um, And so gradually we started working things back into my diet. Ultimately, what I discovered as I began learning my body was that my body did not work well with carbs. And there's a lot of people out there who will say to me, how can you do that? It's not sustainable. I have stuck with keto now for over a year. I have stuck with intermittent fasting for over a year, not because I'm saying it works for everyone, but for my body, I began to learn my body and what triggered me and what things made me feel like garbage
0: talk about that for a second. Cause I know there's a lady that's listening saying, how did you figure that out? Like, what was it that gave you that direction? Like there are women out there that are feeling lost, thinking that they're eating healthy, right. Healthy by healthy standards. And they're still bloated. They're still having digestive issues, constipation, diarrhea. They're still lethargic. They're still exhausted with fatigue at one, 2 PM. And they're like, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating my vegetables. I'm maybe they're plant-based and it's just not working for them. So how did you find what worked for you, your journey? And then I'll chime in on some of the suggestions as a holistic health coach on how I help my clients with that too.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was really about trial and error. When I first started working with my fitness coach, um, he had me at like 192 grams of carbs per day. And that by all accounts for what was healthy or normal or what I should have been intaking as a woman, it, it it fit well within those metrics but what I started to realize, um, through eating like that, just that bland food for three weeks, um, as I was eating rice, rice was something that for whatever reason, I felt bloated. I was losing energy. I didn't feel good. And I just felt generally blah. And when it got to the point where I'm like, I don't, I would eat, and then I would, I was, you know, I was starting 75 hard. So with that, it required twice a day workouts. So I would get up in the morning, fasted state. I would have my, you know, black coffee and I would head to the gym. I would be great. And then by about one 30 or two o'clock, when it came time to eat that second meal with that rice, I would eat it. And I would just want to crash. I was just like, this is not making me feel good. And so I had an honest conversation with my coach and I said, listen, I understand that you're telling me that this is what science tells me I'm supposed to eat, but I'm telling you my body is not responding. I'm not losing the weight the way that I expected to I'm feeling bloated. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling like I want to run up and throw up because he had me eating so much food. I was eating, um, I think, 13 uh, 13 grams of chicken. He wanted me on lots of protein. And then when I would mix those carbs in with it, I literally was just running to the bathroom and feeling like I would vomit because I was so full. And so we just started playing with metrics and adjusting it. He said, okay, I want you to cut your rice back to half and I want you to increase your protein. So we did that for about a week. I was still feeling the bloat. I was still feeling not good about myself. So he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to strictly stick you to low carb. It seems not your body is not responding to the carbs. So we're going to do low carb, but I want you to supplement because you need to get the calories, you know, you're, you're burning fat. He said, but we're also trying to build lean muscle. So I want you to up an, up your protein intake. You need to, if you're not going to do the carbs I'm recommending, He said, you need to start drinking two protein shakes a day as well. And I went, oh my gosh, I can't, my body physically does not want to eat this much food. He said, just trust me and listen. So I started supplementing with the shakes and I'm telling you, Niku, within three days, days—within three days of me cutting all of that rice and those carbs out. um, He also had me cut out like seed oils um, because I was making my chicken with seed oils or vegetable oils. And it was like, wait a minute, this is horrible. Why, you know, you need to use coconut oil or MCT or you need to For use different all oils.
0: of our listeners that are listening, <laughs> if there's anything you ever take away from the Failing Forward podcast on a nutritional standpoint to increase your longevity, your lifespan, to improve your metabolic rate, to help you with, you know, maybe you have autoimmune disease or issues with your like skin conditions, eczema, psoriasis. Um, And to also help you lower your risk of cancer and heart disease, it's to eliminate vegetable oils and all seed oils that includes that includes sunflower oil, grape seed oil. People come to me, they're like, "Oh, grape seed's like really healthy. It's in all these healthy things." It's like, no, literally eliminate all vegetable oils and seed oils because they go rancid, they oxidize very quickly, and that's where the carcinogenic properties come in, and that causes a lot of issues with heart disease and cancer. So, if you don't take anything else away from any of the episodes or anything you hear on the Failing Forward podcast, just get rid of vegetable oil, seed oil, and you will be healthier for it. Back to Michelle.
1: No, a hundred percent. And it was amazing, honestly, Niku. because when I got rid of those oils, uh, the other thing he had me eliminate was corn. Um, There's zero nutritional value in corn. And I used to love like corn on the cob and stuff like that. I had no clue, right? I had no clue. Corn was giving me skin allergies. I was getting bloated. Um, So when we figured out what it was that I was not responding to, That's when the game changed. That's when I started losing the weight quicker than I'd ever imagined. And guys, let me tell you something. I was not in the gym for four or five hours a day. I was not killing myself with cardio. I literally would do 45 minutes of cardio at the gym. And then I would do strength training with weights. And every single day, the one thing that I had to do every day that he insisted, you drink a gallon of water, you get 10,000 steps. And for me, when I started this journey, literally, that was all I could do. I mean, I was eating the the meals, um, but I was so heavy that trying to do anything, trying to do, uh, you know, any kind of elevated level of cardio, I would just crash and burn. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get through the basics of basics that most people can do in the gym. And I was failing, I was failing and I was gaining, I gained like five pounds. I remember calling Luke and going, I gained five pounds this week. I don't understand. I've done everything that you've asked. And he's like, Michelle, stop with the scale crap. Like, stop, just stop, stop, stop. Do what I'm telling you to do. Drink a gallon of water a day, walk 10,000 steps. If you can't get to the gym, if you can't do anything else, just do that. And that's what I started focusing on. It was getting 10,000 steps in. I literally lost half of my weight by doing nothing but drinking a gallon of water watching my caloric intake sticking with that and walking 10,000 steps a day because it was all i could do it was literally all i
0: could do and there's so many women that are going through that right now they're like i don't like to go to the gym or maybe they're they're ready to start that fitness journey and they're intimidated By the gym, like where do I I begin? I don't. What are these machines? What is that muscle? Like it sells it does posterior deltoid and pecs. Like what is that? And they're looking at the picture, like how do I use this? Like the gym is very, very intimidating, y'all. Like let's get real, right? So if you're someone that is living a sedentary life, you're doing more of like a an office based position or an at home position. It's like a lot of us are right now on Zoom calls all the time, sitting at our computers and then going from computer to couch and from couch to the dining table, right? we're not moving enough. And if you don't have things like an Apple watch or a Fitbit or a whoop band or an aura ring or something that's tracking and letting you know how sedentary you really are and your inactive time every single day. Like if you were doing those things, you guys, you'd be shocked. Like there are days when I think I'm being active and I look at my watch and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've only walked 2000 steps and it's 9 PM. Like, That's insane. And that's not doing us any good for our low back pain, for our hips, for our joints, for so many things. So, if you're someone that's just starting on this journey, just take that first step. Literally put one foot in front of the other, spend less time on the couch, spend less time. Maybe your thing is reading all day or researching all day or whatever it is, like incorporate 10 minutes of walking. And for my postpartum mamas, I know. How big of an ass that is. Like, I remember the three weeks after delivering naturally a baby, how hard it was to walk from my bedroom to the kitchen without any accident. So I get it, it's hard, but you gotta start somewhere. And like you said, Michelle, we have to stop making excuses. We have to stop making excuses because everyone can find an excuse why not, or why to wait till next month, until after the holidays, until next year, until my kids are graduated. But if you're going to have that mentality, guess what? You're going to be waiting your entire life point, period blank, because you don't make yourself a priority. You don't make your health a priority and you don't have the belief in yourself that you can change. Something that that beautiful is you stepped outside your comfort zone and you made the decision to change. You took a leap of faith.
1: And, you know, it's so much about that. And I talk about this on breakfast with champions all the time, because I really believe it with every fiber of my being, every single thing that you want in life, it starts with a mindset shift. And the one thing that I did for myself and, you know, people still look at me and they're like, you really did that. So Niku, I kid you not. When I first started, I shouldn't say when I first started after about a month, right? Once I, once I saw the initial results and I got into that routine, I literally put post-it notes every single place that I could see them, whether it was on my car steering wheel or on my refrigerator. And I would literally write little notes to myself, like, girl, you got this on my refrigerator. I put a big post-it note that said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I went out and I literally bought a size six pair of jeans. Now, mind you, when I started this journey, I was teetering between a size 22 and a 24. I just yesterday put those jeans on.
0: That is incredible. That needs to be documented because go back to a year and a half ago is when you really started this journey. So, a year and a half ago, November 3rd of 2016. That's insane. And now, fast forward, and you accomplish that goal through consistency, through discipline, but because you, You really took on the big task of changing your mindset. And it's not an easy thing, especially for people that are listening and you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with loss and not necessarily the loss of a loved one, but a loss of your routine, right? The pandemic has put us in a position where a lot of us are struggling with our mental and emotional health. And we're at the lowest point that we've ever been in our lives, either Feeling isolated from others or having lost a job or our sense of community or you know, our daily routine that gives us that purpose and identity of who we are, right? And it's just I know from my own experience, having dealt with not only postpartum depression, but also major depression, I know how hard it is to pick yourself back up. Like I, I do. Um, and that's why you guys have heard me talk about. The power of an accountability partner, the power of journaling and mindfulness, the power of hiring a professional, working with a therapist. And if you need to, going on medication for a short period of time to help kind of minimize your lows and minimize the highs too, and kind of get you a little bit more from like here to like kind of here. You know what I mean? Like all those things are so important, but it starts with you making a decision where literally you look in the mirror and you tell yourself, I am worthy. This is not who I am. This is my current state. This is not who I am. This is not my highest self and I am ready to start stepping into the best version of me and it's going to be one step at a time. I love what you did with the affirmations or just like you talking to yourself and being your own biggest cheerleader. I think that's so brilliant. I love that.
1: Well, you know what else I think was super powerful for me? It was it was the people that I I chose to surround myself with because and this is something I've never really talked about. Um, but in July of 2020, um, I walked away from a very, very emotionally abusive narcissistic relationship and he refused to let me go to the gym. He wouldn't let me do pretty much anything. Um, he was an alcoholic, he was an addict and, you know, I had lost myself somewhere along the way, I think, because of of the loss that I had dealt with with my husband. And then the first relationship that I decided to endeavor on after that happened, I, I ended up with somebody that I never had any business being with. I, I, I saw the, the flashing lights, but I didn't see what I was actually getting into. And part of that journey for me with taking those steps into becoming the best version of me It was not just about the weight loss and the health and the fitness. It was literally eliminating any possible thing in my life that did not bring me joy, that did not bring out the best version of myself. And as hard as that was, I literally walked away from absolutely every single thing in my life that was negative, that included friends, that included relationships, that included places that I used to frequent. I stopped drinking. I, there were every little thing that I was doing in my life that wasn't getting me on the path of where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. I literally changed all of the people, places, and things in my life. And sometimes guys, and I know that it's hard like niku you know i've struggled with high functioning anxiety i've struggled and battled with depression i struggled with yo-yo diets i've struggled with a lot of things in my life but when i changed all of those things and i literally like niku said i journaled it and i wrote it down and i started documenting every single day of my journey what ended up happening was that i started attracting other people who were unhappy with their own journeys and people were following that and it was in those people saying hey I'm going through this too, or I'm watching your journey. It was those little things that, that kept me going and saying, okay, now it's not just about you, Michelle. Now it's about there's other people that that are holding themselves accountable because they're watching your journey. And so I surrounded myself with just, I started hanging out with this just tribe of amazing people, many of which are on the breakfast with champion stage, but people that were encouraging me and my journey at the same time that I was encouraging theirs. And I cannot stress that enough that if you truly want to make a change in your life, you're going to have to eliminate all of the toxic, every single bit of it, whether it's the bad friendships, the bad relationships, the people that are encouraging you to go out and drink, you know, or, or hang out, you know, on the weekends and, and do things that are not they're not conducive with where you want to be, you're going to have to get so ridiculously strong um, that you walk away from that stuff. Because if you don't, it's just going to continue to hinder your performance and your progress. You know, they say it takes 21 days to create a habit, 90 days to create a lifestyle change. I never believed that until I forced myself to actually do it. And after 21 days, I'll be honest with you, I, I had kind of the habit down. I was setting alarms on my phone for the times that I needed to eat or the times that I had to work out. But I still wasn't comfortable where I could have just made it like a second uh, a second nature to just get up and go to the gym. It literally took me the better part of three and a half to four months to where it became second nature, that I knew the times I was going to eat. I knew the times I needed to work out. I knew the exact times I needed to drink water. And then I found 75 hard and that I think was really the biggest game changer for my life. Um, Following Andy Frisella's program and seeing so many of the people that I admired that were in the shape that I wanted to be in that were doing this, I didn't think I could do it. I mean, everybody that I had seen had done it. There were all these like ripped muscles and perfectly cut people. And you know what? I challenged myself and I said, you know what? I might still be 260, 250, whatever pounds I was when I started 75 hard. I said, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for me to prove to myself that I can. And not only did I complete 75 hard once, then I completed 75 hard twice. And I literally just got off of phase one of 75 hard. And um, like I said, you know, putting on those size six jeans yesterday. Like they've literally been hanging near my closet, Niku. And I wasn't even at this point where I was going to try them on because I'm like, oh no, there's no way I can fit in those jeans yet. I'm, I'm still not there. You know, I've gone from 276 to, as of yesterday, of 136.8 pounds. Um, but I still didn't think I could, that mentality that you're in, like that mentality you get yourself stuck in, even though you've you've done all of these things, you still don't believe it yourself. And so I said yesterday, I was getting ready to run out. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try them on for the heck of it, just to see how much more weight I have to lose. And I put those jeans on and they fit. And that was the culmination of this whole last year of this journey where I went, I did it.
0: I did it. Nobody else. You should be I so proud it. of yourself for that. And let's talk about so we're talking about fitness. We're talking about diet. We're talking about nutrition. We're talking about mindset, but let's talk about the emotional body, right? As a holistic health coach, my goal is to help all of my clients find balance physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in their lives. So from an emotional standpoint, right? Your feelings, how did you feel when based on the things you changed physically It sounds like you do some spiritual work as well, journaling, just being the tip of the iceberg and then mentally like working on your mindset. How did you feel emotionally when you've tried on those jeans and they fit? Like, talk to me about that.
1: It's like indescribable because, you know, the emotional that we go through, especially as women, um, you know, I have an not to overshare anything, but I had a hysterectomy with my, my daughter. Um, I actually died on the operating table when I had my daughter. And, um, so for me, like the hormones and the imbalance and all of that, like it's, uh, it's deep. Right. But in that moment, like I said, I, I think we struggle a lot with, we don't even, um, we don't even believe ourselves sometimes, right? We look in the mirror and, and we can we can see, we know other people will see the results, right? But I think we have a hard time sometimes drinking our own Kool-Aid and believing that we have accomplished what we set out to accomplish. And, and sometimes it's just never enough. And I've struggled with body image issues my whole life. Thankfully, I've never struggled with an eating disorder other than eating too much, Um But so for me, it was just, it was almost like this aha moment where for the first time, I mean, and and I've, I've results, I've seen the results, I've seen the progress, I've seen the scale, I've seen that my clothes are fitting better and my energy levels are higher. And I've seen that I've completed all of these things. But that moment yesterday, it was like the culmination of this whole past year for me it was that, that single moment. And I cried, I cried for like 30 minutes and I called my other half and I went, they fit. And, um, I can't even put it into words because I've worked so hard.
0: How proud are your kids to see their mom, right? Make herself a priority Go on this amazing journey. They've been watching you, observing what you've done. How proud are they? Um, My
1: my situation with my kids is uh, it's another thing I don't talk about a whole lot. Um, My kids were kidnapped uh, by a cult um, after my husband took his own life, Um, and I've been fighting that fight right along with it, um, trying to bring them home Uh, close enough. Jehovah's Witnesses. um and it's a it's another fight and I think even going through that that attributed to a lot of my emotional distress and my weight gain because here are these beautiful children that I've raised and you know when my husband died I I had to take a step back for me because I I couldn't function there's all this emotion going on at the same time and you know here I I thought that um it was a temporary thing and now I've been fighting to bring my kids home since 2017
0: that's incredible. And, uh, I can't even imagine what that feels like. But words. I have a feeling that there's someone listening right now that can. And to go through loss first and foremost, and the loss of your spouse, and then to go through the loss of your entire family, your children, how did you bounce back from that? Hey
1: crying out every single day. Um, I had a book randomly show up on my doorstep at the end of 2017. It was called Unshakable, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. And that book sat on my dining room table collecting dust for almost two weeks till I finally picked it up and believe in a higher power, divine intervention. Um, You don't have to believe the way I do. But I was standing in my dining room one day and I literally felt hands on my back. I was by myself and somebody pushed me to my knees. And when I stood up um, right before that, I heard this audible voice. Somebody, I don't know who or what it was, but somebody just kept saying, girl, get up. Girl, get up. Girl, get up. And I didn't want to get up. I had had a half a bottle of wine in me. Um, Honestly, I sat there in that moment. Part of me just wanted to die. And I heard those words and I got up and the very first thing that I saw was that book. And two days later, Niku, I kid you not, um, a family friend in South Carolina invited me to go to their church, I hadn't been in church. I mean, I was raised in church, I was on worship teams, I sing, um, hadn't been to church since it happened. They invited me. And as I walked through those church doors that day, right on the big screen were the words unshakable.
0: Yeah, that's not a coincidence at all. And We're talking about finding balance in our lives and spiritual being so important and maybe spiritual for everyone isn't religion, but you need to find something that spiritually connects you to the essence of the universe. Maybe you find that through a meditation breathwork practice. Maybe you find that through journaling and mindfulness. Maybe you find that through connecting with nature, going on hikes, connecting to the earth, connecting with the sun, resetting that circadian rhythm. Maybe you find it through practices like yoga you know, that's a moving meditation. And it really helps you connect to the sense that we are the little self and everything else is the big self. And we're all a part of everything, right? We're a drop in the water, a drop in the ocean. And therefore we are the entire ocean, whatever it is for you, you need to find a spiritual connection to divine power so that you know that you're not alone point. Period blank.
1: It, it, it changed. Everything changed after that day, every single thing, And, um, I don't know, I think in that moment, it was, it was that, that moment for me where I had been so angry. I had been so angry. I had been so hurt. I had been so frustrated. And I think for me in that moment, that was God, higher power, call it whatever. But it was that moment where something reached out and said, you're not alone. And, um, from that point forward, I I just kept making strides. And like I said, I wasn't in a healthy relationship and, at that point, I, one day I just, I literally had to walk away. I left everything. I, I left everything behind when my husband died. I started back from square one, got rid of my house, my car clothes, like anything that reminded me of him. Um, I literally started back with nothing.
0: You literally purged, you
1: know, I think there's a JK Rowling, uh, quote that says I, I built my life from rock bottom. Um, that's what I did. I mean, I literally, and I think sometimes we have to do that though. I think sometimes we, we cry out to God or higher power or whatever it is that we believe in. And we ask why, 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 or we ask for all of these things not to happen. But at the end of the day, the reality is, had I not gone through all of that tragedy Had I not gone through this journey, had I not gone through all of the wrong choices, everything in my life that has led up to where I am here and now and the person that I am, I would not be the person that I am today had I not gone through all of that. I would not have made that decision or that leap of faith to better my life because I still would have been bogged down by all of the toxicity. And I think honestly, it was just God's way of saying, listen, girl, it's time. Like I'm going to literally remove every single possible thing from your life that could distract you from becoming what I want you to be. And you're going to have to start over and you're going to have to figure it out the hard way. And <laughs> saying that I figured it out the hard way was, uh, was an understatement, but I, you know, I don't think i trade any of it right now. I really One of don't.
0: the most common things that I hear from my clients when we're doing a health coaching session a private session not my group coaching or not my challenges or not any of that but in a private one-to-one session i'd say 80 percent of the time or more is why is all of this happening to me why is all this happening to me and that in that moment i have to sit back in my chair and allow my client just to talk it out everything they're going through emotionally, how they're feeling mentally, what they're thinking, physically, what they're doing spiritually, where they're at. I'm like, just give it all to me, vent it out, let it go, release it. Like you need to. And if you're not releasing it on paper, you need to release it somehow, some way. And I, I need to be that coach for them where I just allow them to talk it out because too many of us hold it within. And when they're done speaking, I tell every client, and if you're listening and you're in a similar situation, grab a paper right now, grab a pen right now my response back after sometimes is a 30 minute vent <laughs> literally is okay great i want you to rephrase that that why is this happening to me i want you to rephrase that and ask yourself why is this happening for you because It's all about perspective and however you view your situation, however you view your life, however you view what's happening around you. If you look at it as it's happening to you, you've released and relinquished your own control over the situation. Therefore, you're just living in this space and life is happening to you and it's outside of your control. But when you say, why is this happening for me? You take the control back. You allow yourself to become introspective. You allow yourself to be the observer of life and lessons that are all around us and all within us. And that's when you regain your power because you take back control and it's a shift in your perspective, a shift in your mindset that allows you to now take action Based on the lessons that you're learning, so if you're someone a listener that's like, oh my gosh, life is happening to me—all these bills and all these finances, and my house and my car and my dogs and my kids and the pandemic and my job and traffic and weather and blah 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 blah—all this stuff is happening to you. I need you to stop for a second after you finish venting and sit down carve out five minutes, grab pen and paper, and write down why this is all happening for you. What's the lesson? When things continue to show up in life, it's because there's a lesson that you haven't learned yet. I believe in that. I believe that we're all divinely guided, that we all have angels, whether you call them a guardian angel or a spirit or whatever it is, but the things that continue to show up in your life are lessons that you have not yet learned. And you need to ask yourself why is this happening for you. You need to take back control of your life. Speaking of, you were in the Take Back Your Health Challenge back in July.
1: It was. That was really powerful. I learned so much from that. I, I mean, like especially like about the certain foods and cancer causing carcinogens and and uh, meditation and and just becoming one with yourself. Like it's funny because since then. Every single solitary day. And it's part of 75 hard now too, which is ironic because you have to take out 10 minutes for a mindful meditation and, you know, very like distinct focus. And until I did your, um, until I did your take back your health challenge, I I remember saying to you like, Niku, I cannot relax. Like I literally cannot relax long enough to do it and uh my favorite thing in the whole world are my chirp wheels I bought them last year they're wonderful they help with like um my back and all of that kind of stuff but now I've gotten to the point where I can literally like like m- and meditate and I can do all kinds of yoga poses on them and stuff and so literally I take 10 minutes out every day and every day at 12 o'clock Michelle is unwinding and I'm doing yoga poses on my chirp wheels and I'm thinking about me <laughs> I and I finally was love able to that. Just do it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I mean, meditation is so powerful and for some people it's like I can't sit there and meditate for 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes. It's just you taking time out of your day to sit in stillness and in silence just with yourself and find comfort in that because a lot of people, I was one of them. I was a high functioning anxious executive running a very high stress marketing and sales company, managing a lot of people and a lot of offices and a lot of campaigns, but I was making a boatload of money. So I was like, I guess it's worth it. But when push came to shove and I was suffering from panic attack after panic attack, and I was just, I was not sleeping well. I was was having so many issues. I was like, is this really worth it? And I had to take a moment and say, okay, something needs to change. I needed to stop running from myself. I was feeling every minute of every single day, running, 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 just because I couldn't sit still with myself. Because when I was by myself, I'd start thinking about the past and all the things that happened or the future, the things that I wish were happening that aren't ha- happening yet, right? I didn't get married until my 30s. I didn't have children until my 30s. Everyone around me was settling down and getting married closer to their mid-20s, and they were already having kids. And I was just like, why not me? Why not me? I was just trying so hard. And the beauty about meditation if you just set a timer for 60 seconds and just sit there in stillness for 60 seconds, staring at a flickering flame of a candle, you've accomplished it because you took the time to put everything else in the world on pause and just to sit in silence with yourself. And the thoughts will come thoughts like, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. i could be doing so many more things right now, like folding my laundry, cooking my meal, working out, talking to a friend, a hundred things. We all can do a hundred things, but one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself is start to learn more about yourself. Self-discovery and self-awareness is something that our society is lacking now more than ever. And we need to make it a priority. It needs to be at the top of the priority before a lot of other things that we're wasting our time on, like scrolling through social media and wasting our time sitting on the couch, watching Netflix and just take some time and learn about yourself. Take some time and become aware of who you are and the things that set your soul on fire, learning about what you're passionate about, learning about your true purpose, because I, I truly believe that we're all connected and when you find your passion your purpose you find more connection and it's through connection that you find your true healing
1: 100% you're one connection away from your best life i i say that over and over and over and over you know and you you talk about the anxiety piece and, and meditation and all the thoughts and guys i i was there i i was there there are still moments that i that i go through that but If there's one thing that I've learned over the course of the last few years, it's that no amount of guilt that we have about the past and no amount of anxiety that we have about the future can change the present. You have to learn how to live in the right here and the right now, because there's no guarantee that you have a 10 minutes from now. There's no guarantee that you have a tomorrow. There's no guarantee that you have a next week. Until you learn to live in the present, nothing in your life changes. And that's why I said it was so important for me to eliminate Every single toxic thing for my life, the people, the places, the things, the alcohol, any of it, whatever it was that was holding me back so that I could focus on living in the present. And when I did that, everything in my life began to shift and transform and change my mind, my body, my soul, all of it. And it's only because of that that I can sit here today and I'm the person that I am. I'm the person who's accomplished the goals that I want. And I still have massive goals that I want to accomplish But unless I had done all of that work to focus on the mental aspect of it first and to start changing myself from the inside out, none of the rest of it mattered. So until you can really get comfortable with you as a person, exactly where you are right here, right now, I don't care if you're 300 pounds. I don't care if you're struggling with an addiction. I don't care what it is. When my clients come to me now, I'm the same way you are, Niku, where I'm like, get it all out. Come on, let's just this word vomit me, right? Our next conversation is not about the problem. Our next conversation is okay. What's the solution? Now we've we've gotten it all out on the table. Now let's talk about how we can solve for X. Let's start breaking down. Here's all of my issues that I have. How do we start focusing on fixing one thing at a time? Right? Eat the frog. Let's take the biggest issue, whatever is holding you back in your life, and let's focus on fixing that thing. And for me, it was my health, mentally and otherwise and when i when i started to focus on and fixate on that one thing then the next thing came and the next thing came and the next thing came and like you said it's all about continuous forth like forward momentum you have to fail forward you're going to get stuck things are not always going to go your way you're going to have problems like we all have them and i think that's been the one consistency in my life that's really helped me is understanding that you are not alone Right. We have this great, massive, big world. Understand that I don't care what it looks like on social media. Every single one of us goes through horrible things in life, some more than others. But you have to pick yourself back up. And and I think when you can relate it on that level and understand that you and I are exactly the same, we all go through those struggles. For some reason, it helps me to just keep pushing to the next day and to the next day or to the next minute even because I know that I'm not alone in this big, crazy world, that everybody goes through something. And if nothing else, I just, I hope that that encourages somebody today, that somebody can look at my story and everything that I've had to go through and say, if she can do it, I can do it too. You get I line, guys. love one. that
0: so much. And I love that you acknowledge that we're all failing forward because that's what this podcast is all about. It's about accepting that life is all about lessons and there are going to be challenges and there are going to be quote unquote failures, but truly you guys, there is no such thing as failure. If you haven't listened to the Ben podcast episode here on Failing forward, listen to it. He says, failure is only when you quit. If you're not quitting, it's just a learning experience. And it, it is a setback for which is some people are like, Oh my God, this is setting me back in life. No, it's not a setback. It's a setup for your comeback. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for learning. You're going to gain more wisdom. You're going to gain more confidence. You're going to gain so much by overcoming and just not quitting. So as long as you don't quit, there is no such thing as failure. It does not exist. And that's why in this podcast, we talk about sailing forward, something happened, you learn from it. How do you step forward from there? And with that being said, I want to go ahead and ask you for a couple of your tips in three specific categories that I would consider you to be an expert in because you have gone through it. It's one thing for someone to read through a book and study and research and get certifications. It's a totally other thing to have lived through something, overcome it, and step out the other side stronger and better from it. Those are the true experts. And I believe that you're an expert in three specific areas. Number one, grief and overcoming loss. What are your three top tips for listeners who are grieving right now or are overcoming loss?
1: I think first and foremost, you have to come to a place of acceptance. And that's a lot easier said than done, um, especially when you're dealing with loss on a really tragic level. You have to understand that there are things in life that happen that are completely out of your control. You, you have to ditch the blame and the guilt. You can't internalize that. Um, so for me, it was just coming to that place of acceptance. Um, and for some people it's easier said than done. I mean, whether it's talking to a professional or talking to family and friends, what have you, um, acceptance, that, that's probably the hardest part. Once you get to that place, then you can start moving forward. Um, the second tip that I would have for people, and this is something that really helped me along the way, um, especially because it was suicide and I was so angry, And I was so hurt and I was so confused. And I I still have a lot of unanswered questions. So an exercise that I did that really helped me, I sat down and I wrote a letter, um, a letter that I'll never have the chance to be able to send. But in that letter, I outlined absolutely everything that I was feeling. I asked the questions that I didn't have answers to. I screamed, I yelled, I cursed. I got it all out on paper. And then I sealed that letter and I never opened it again. I think for me, that was that was my way of saying, I'm gonna take all of this. And some people do like balloons or lanterns or things like that. Um, and maybe someday I'll attach that letter to a lantern and maybe it'll find its way somewhere to somebody else. I don't know. Um, but that would be my second tip write a letter to whoever you've lost in your life or whatever you've lost in your life. Write that letter, get it all out on paper, and, and seal the emotion. And the third thing would be to surround yourself with the people that lift you up, the people that believe in you, the people that are going to push you into becoming your best self, um, whether that's joining a grief group or it's indulging in your in a Facebook group, or surrounding yourself with just like-minded people, people who are on the track to become the people that you want to be, whatever it is that you have that vision for your life, surround yourself with those people because it truly will change everything. If you are surrounded by toxicity, by negativity, by people that are bringing you down, you're just gonna continue to spiral backwards. So surround yourself with the right people. Those would be my three tips.
0: I love that. Another area that you are an expert at because you've overcome so much is weight gain and weight loss. So when we're looking at that, what are your three top tips for someone that is either trying to stop from gaining weight or is ready to lose that weight? Number one, stay active. If you do nothing else,
1: I mean, literally nothing else throughout the day, Get those ten thousand steps in. Get a pedometer. Get an Apple Watch. Get something. You can you can buy them really inexpensively. I don't care if you use your phone. Track that. Getting those steps in, if nothing else, will help you to keep your metabolism up. It'll help you to lose weight. Um, if you're trying to keep from gaining weight, that activity is so incredibly important. So make sure that you keep your activity levels up um, and get 10,000 steps in. If you set no other bar for yourself, get 10,000 steps per day. Um, number two, and again, goes back to the same thing, people that you surround yourself with. When you're unhappy with your surroundings, be it at home or a work-life balance or whatever it is, that in itself, those feelings of anxiety, of negativity, the depression, all of that, it was a big contributing factor to my weight loss. So until I removed myself from those situations and the things that were causing me to depressively eat, nothing changed. Again, it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people, huge. And that's going to pretty much go for anything that I have to say. Number three, Track your macros, track your calories. Um, If you need help with that, Niku is amazing. (laughs) Absolutely hire Niku because she will be able to help you. Not every body type is the same. And again, you have to figure out what works for your body. Somebody that's in the gym and they're a bodybuilder and they're, you know, you eating the same amount of food or working out the same amount they're working out or eating and drinking protein shakes like they do, you're more than likely going to gain weight because your activity level, your metabolism is totally different from someone else's. So you really have to get real. I would recommend doing a a blood panel. I would recommend working with an expert expert. Um, really diving in deep and finding out what your body is doing from an internal perspective, because until you figure out all of the internal stuff that's going on, maybe food allergies that you have, or, you know, um, sensitivities that you have, you're not going to be able to get on the right diet and exercise plan for your body and your metabolism. It's really important that you figure out what works for you and your body you're not anybody else. So that, those would be my three tips. It's just really getting nitty gritty and figuring out what your body's doing and not trying to compare it to somebody else's.
0: I love that so much. And thank you so much for your vote of confidence. And yes, if anyone's considering looking for an expert or a coach to bring on to help and guide you through weight loss, transformation, healing your gut, right? You're dealing with digestive issues. I would love to help. And just so you know, the ways that I do that, I do have a team of people. I have specialists on my team, doctors on my team that do all the lab paneling, because like Michelle said, we number one, want to start with specifically for you, what foods work for you, what foods don't. And I think a lot of people don't realize that though you might be eating healthy, you may have issues with broccoli. So if Michelle's eating chicken and broccoli for 21 days, but she has a sensitivity to chicken and an allergy with broccoli. We have an issue there. She's not going to hit her goals. So, number one, getting that food sensitivity panel done, getting your blood work drawn to see if there's any hormonal imbalances that need to be addressed. They can be addressed through food and then fitness and specific forms of fitness can help with balancing the hormones as well as mindfulness exercises. So, we start by going inside. Figuring out your specific situation, then we find out what your goals are. Then after we figure out your goals, then we go ahead and go through the macros. Once we've gone through the macros, then I get to work creating customized meal plans for you that are custom around the foods that you enjoy the most, the foods that we should be staying away for you. And based on your body mass index and how many calories you need in the macros, I do all the heavy lifting for you. And if you're someone that doesn't like to cook like me, we find companies and meal prep specialists that will do the work and deliver it to you every single week. But It's literally like goals in a box. You just got to let me know what your goals are. And then I just take you through that journey, whether you're doing it in a guided setting in our six week gut reset course, or you hire me to do it one-on-one. I am happy to help you guys with that. So Michelle, thank you so much for that vote of confidence. And it really means a lot to me because there are people that are my friends that can like say oh my gosh she's really good at that i've seen her do it for her and other people but you actually went through the challenge so you experienced the profound benefit of just spending 5 days together which is pretty cool
1: you are superhuman in every capacity of the word and like i said i'm i'm truly honored to call you a friend and humbled to be here and like i said if if anything i just i hope one person walks away today and says i if i if i can do it they can do it too
0: amen so you know, we really talked a lot today about the power of connection, right? And the power of community and your hashtag for your branding um, and strategy coaching business. So if you guys are new business owners, you need help with branding, you need help with business strategy. Michelle McLean is a coach for you to go to. You can go to www.michellemclean.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C- L a I N.com. We'll go ahead and drop down the show notes for you guys as well, but go ahead and reach out to her, do a consultation, see if it's the right fit, the right match. And if you need that help, that guidance, one of the best things they can do for yourself to help you accomplish your goals is to hire an expert, find a mentor, get a coach on your side that can help guide you, direct you and hold you accountable. Michelle is definitely the girl for you. I mean, if you go and look at the infographics and the things that she creates, she's amazing. But we're talking about connection and her company is launching hashtag we rise together. And a fun fact, I don't know, Michelle, if you know about this, I created a community last year, March 25th of 2020, right when the pandemic hit called elevated tribe. And it was about bringing women specifically together to move their bodies, to connect in mindfulness and to come together in community. Those are my three specific words, movement, capital, move mindfulness, capital, be mindful and community capital unity, coming together in unity to break the chains of isolation, to advance ourselves and elevate ourselves towards the best version of ourselves. So whether you're hashtag, we rise together or hashtag get elevated. If you take nothing else from this episode, know that whatever it is that you're going through, you can accomplish your goals and you can get yourself out of your current situation by the power of connection, community, and coming together. So I wanted to make that, that last little statement there. And I wanted to share with everyone, your purpose statement. Michelle says, whatever your story, whatever your past, wherever you're at right here and now, you have the power to change the ending. You simply have to decide. I believe in you, and chances are if you hang out with me long enough, you'll believe in you too. I hope you'll choose you and join us. Hashtag we rise together. Michelle McLean, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on the Failing Forward podcast with us. Go ahead, you guys, and reach out to her. Connect with her on Instagram. She is known as the queen of Clubhouse. So go ahead and follow her on Clubhouse for some amazing conversations. Join us at the Breakfast of Champions table. And we look forward to talking to you guys soon. See you in another episode.